This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Really, really, <laughs> a lot of fun. Last weekend with, with a camp, yo, we worked extremely hard to feed over 300 children, to bribe for them. It was such a privilege. We worked so hard. It was just really an awesome time. Um, and with all, the, with all the ESCOM power failures and things, we also had a set of other problems with the dam. The, the pump didn't work every time that the power switched off. So there was a time that we actually ran out of water and we had to um, get 10,000 liters of water in just so that the children can shower. So behind the scenes, there was a lot of things that, that happened. Now, that movie really shows the fun that the, that the kids had. But there's something else that happened last Sunday that was really special. Who of you were there last Sunday? Okay, there were a lot of you that were there. It wasn't that really such a privilege to witness some of those young people being baptized last Sunday, eh? Yo, that was such a privilege. I mean, I can remember the day when I was baptized. My life was changed. And I remember the evening before I was speaking to a young girl. Their parents used to be in our home group back in Somerset West. And... Um, then she told me that she has not been baptized, but she's going to speak to a facilitator. And, and I was so amazed to see her whole family came that Sunday and they could witness this young girl being baptized. I mean, that's such a turning point in one's life when, when the old self dies there and you get raised up again. Isn't that really awesome? So you know, apart from all the fun that the children had, there was a lot of things that, that happened spiritually on the inside of each of those children and that was you know it's really that's a privilege to be a part of part of that let me open for us in prayer this morning thank you father that we can gladly come to you this morning thank you lord that we can come into your throne room lord with gladness and boldness lord thank you father that you are god and that you reign. And this morning, Lord, we, we want to open ourselves, Lord, to receive from you, Lord. Only from you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I start to bring the message, I just have a couple of funny stories that I would like to share. One, one sort of involving Sias. So, Last Friday evening, or last Sunday evening after the service there, we were quite tired. And um, we decided we're just going to all go for a Steers burger at half past nine on, on Sunday evening. Sias <laughs> is already laughing. And um, so we, we said that we're all going to meet each other at like 9.30 at the Steers. And I had a couple of errands to run. And so when I got there, Sias told me that, yo, he's so glad to see me because... Half an hour earlier, there was another Eugene that came and he, he parked at right that same spot that you parked and he also looked like you. But the only thing that freaked me out was when he got out, um, he stood there in the parking lot and he started to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> so Sias didn't know where to hide himself or what to do when this Eugene started to smoke there in the parking lot. 
But um, see us, it's the old Eugene. You could have expected that from the old Eugene. <laughs> he did things like that. But yeah, so this, this morning, um, I just want to share a message with us. And I want to start with a quote of Jesus. That's actually the title of the message, which says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. A couple of weeks ago, um, Vili returned home after, Vili is one of our student pastors here, he returned home after he went to Namibia and they got two new dogs at in Namibia and they named the two dogs Repent and Believe. So every time they call the dog, it's Repent and Believe, they must come. So this message this morning that I'm going to preach is um, about repentance and just the freshness of what happens when we repent, when we see, when we see Jesus. And this morning I really, I'm really trusting that, that the Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us this morning. And that he will show us those areas that we don't fully trust him, where we don't fully believe him. And if I can read in Mark 1.15, it's the same, you know, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slack, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isn't this amazing that, that God's heart is for all to come to repentance? And each one of us can probably remember a time that we didn't believe fully. There was, was some area in our life that we didn't trust God fully in. I remember how my life used to be before I met Christ. Where, whilst we were, were worshipping, I, I got this, this picture of this young girl that tried on a mother's makeup. Now, many times, you would say to your children, don't go and do that. And next moment, they would like go outside, play with the grease or play in the mud. And then sometime during this play session, they would realize were choppers. I should not have done this. Hey? Have you guys ever experienced that? And then they sort of tried to clean themselves up. Then they would like try to take the makeup or they tried to take the mud off them. And when you get to see them, then you see exactly what they have done. But they tried sort of their level best to, to get themselves clean. But they're not clean. And that is what I'm going to talk about this morning, about those areas that are in our lives that we are trying to clean ourselves. You see, when Jesus comes and when he cleans, like if I had to take my boy to the shower or to, yo, I must tell you this story. So a couple of, two weeks ago, you interrupted me, Sias. <laughs> So a couple of weeks ago, the, the two boys played in, in our room, and Talita has got pepper spray next to a bed um, in one of her drawers. And 
Luca, the youngest, he got to play with this, or he thought it was something that would, would make you smell nice. So he took the pepper spray, and he sprayed it all over his stomach, and then his little brother came, and his little brother was just like excited to come and see what, what Luca is doing. So he sprayed all over in the air, and his eyes started to tear up from, from all this pepper spray. And so they didn't want to tell Talita about, about this, and they just like tried to continue even with the pain, and then she saw, no, but something is wrong. And at that time, I also came home, and, and there was just like chaos in the house with these two boys that is running around, and they are hurting, and the pepper spray is burning their eyes, and um, yeah, it's, it's like horrible. So I'm like, just, let's just check the internet to see what is the best possible solution for, for the pepper spray. And I met way reading through it, and um, they in, in real pain and things, and then Talita says, but... Stop reading, just go and help them. And the one thing that I read is you must use milk. So I just got some milk out of the fridge and started to pour that over the two boys in the shower. But um, (laughs) they couldn't come clean. You see, they could try by themselves, but that, that pepper spray got stuck into their eyes. It got stuck on, on their body. And only after we helped and after we put that milk on. Apparently, milk is the thing um, that that actually helps. So, um, yeah, Talita, Talita got a bit agitated with me because I wanted to read the whole article, and she says they are burning, they are burning. Please help, just do something. But I wanted to read the whole thing to see that we do uh, follow the the right procedure. But in any case, so fortunately they are okay, and this past week they are carrying with Oma and Opa. So we've and even the dog went on holiday with them. So we. We are all by ourselves the last, the last week. It really feels like holiday. So, Romans 2 verse 4, And do you despise the riches of, of his goodness, forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? We can go to the next slide. This is the difference between guilt, remorse, I can also put in shame there, regret and repentance. Guilt is a prison that will keep you perpetually bound and unchanged. Remorse enslaves you in sorrow that engulfs you emotionally and leaves you feeling sad, depressed, hopeless, and unchanged. Regret is self-pity that is focused more on your own personal loss than on the pain or loss you cause to others or to the heart of God, and it leaves you unchanged. Now we're going to come to repentance. Repentance is the quality decision to change, and when genuine repentance occurs in a person's heart and mind, you can be sure the Holy Spirit will release His power to effect change in that person's life and lead him to freedom. But before we get to repentance, let's, let's see um, on the next slide what happens with Judas. So we all know the story of Ju- Judas, that he betrayed Jesus. And then we see here in Matthew 27 verse 3, just before he hung himself, it says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been 
condemned as Jesus, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. You see, the fruit of remorse for the Afrikaanse mense berou is the fruit of that is we look to ourselves to figure this thing out. And we look only to ourselves, not to God for the answer. The same like the, the two boys. They were trying to fix it themselves. That, that picture of that little girl. They tried to fix the problem themselves. And many times we sit with depression and hopelessness and self-pity and a lot of things. And there's sometimes this place where we need to focus on God instead of focusing on ourselves. So this morning's message is really tough. It's tough to, to bring this, but it's the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. So my, my faith this morning is that each one of us will identify those areas where we are not fully trusting God. See, some Tuesday evenings I take part in a group of, part of a fellowship with people that is living on the street. And many of the guys are fully addicted to either tick or alcohol or whatever type of, type of drug there is. And on Tuesday evenings, we've got a fellowship with them where we praise God and where we really reach out to these guys. And, and there's this, this one beautiful story of, of this guy that, that came to know Jesus. But before that, he tried so hard to leave the drugs. He tried his level best to actually leave that thing that he was addicted to. And he would ask me, Eugene, but how do I do this? How do I overcome? And the more I tell him, you should surrender, the more he didn't understand me, and the more he tried by himself. Tried to do that in his own strength. You see, many times we try to do it in our own strength. And that word... um, Repentance, the Greek for for that is metanoia. And it literally means to change your mind. To change the way that you are thinking. You see, when we really understand what the effect of the sin is. I remember when, before I met Jesus, there was this mountain of sin that was keeping me in that place of continuing in that. And I really believe that God rejected me. That he thinks that I'm not good enough. And it was in 2003 in a church service like this that God showed me who he is and that he really loves me. And when I saw that, you see it's his goodness and his kindness that leads us to repentance. But that's not the end of of repentance. That's only the beginning of repentance when we meet Jesus for the first time. Then there's a whole walk of getting to know him better. Let's read 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 and 11. This is such a beautiful scripture. 
For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to, reg- not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. For observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produces in you. What clearing of yourself. What indignation. What fear. What vehement desire. What zeal. What vindication. In all things you proved yourself to be clear in this matter. But the sorrow of the world produces death. But godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Isn't that awesome? That when real godly sorrow enters in, we see it for what it is, and we look to God and we say, God, I'm dirty. I tried myself to clean myself up, but I couldn't. Please help me. And you see, it's when we realize that, when we see that, that our lives start to be transformed, that we see Jesus, because he's the author of our salvation and the finisher. The power of repentance, Acts 3 verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. That your sins may be blotted out away, gone, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, that refreshing comes when we step into that grace, when we step into that place of accepting that he has paid the price. That is the good news of the gospel. Amen? What are the areas the Holy Spirit is touching or speaking to you about? So this, this whole week, or this past two weeks, every morning when I get up, it's as if the Lord just reminds me, I must ask Him to teach me. Teach me. You see, when, when we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us, He shows and reveals those areas that we sometimes so easily miss. And many times we go through struggles because we don't see what God is actually busy doing and what he's actually wanting. And it's actually very tough if you, if you ask Jesus every morning to teach you because I can tell you now that the Holy Spirit reveals so faithfully those things that is not in alignment with him. Even those areas that you find like a joy in or identity in that is separate from him. And this morning I want, to, I want you to hear, hear this very clearly that whatever that conviction is that, that the Lord is speaking to me about is not the conviction necessary that he's speaking to each one of you about. Each one of us that is sitting here the Lord is speaking to you individually and he's convicting us of those things. You see, it could be that, that there's selfish desires that is within us. I'll tell you another story. So, 
I think it was Thursday, so we get to the camp and all the tents are set up. But there's a couple of those tents that doesn't have all their, their tent packs. And so I walk around and I, I see these, these tent packs, some of them that, that are missing. And see us and myself, we start to speak and there was nobody else to actually go and buy tent packs. So he asked me, Eugene, can you go to the shop to go and buy tent packs? And I'm like, okay, now I'll go anytime, but I know that I have to be home at like 8 o'clock or half past 7, but I'll quickly go and, and buy these tent packs because we need to get these, these tent packs. And um, so there I go, and I get to the first place. That safari center, I don't know if you guys know where that is. Don't ever go and buy tent packs at the safari center there on, on the corner of the Butler Railroad. That's where you can buy ammunition and big guns. Um, in any case, so I get there and they say, no, sorry, we don't have any tent picks. This is a different type of safari shop. It's not for, for camping. And so then I decide, well, I probably have to get these, these tent picks. I'm going to drive to Tiger Valley to, to the um, outdoor warehouse over there. But can you imagine on a Thursday afternoon at 5 o'clock driving all the way to, to that Tiger Valley. I mean, it is just traffic. So I literally get there an hour later, and now I have to travel back, and I, I just see that all the times are, I'm not going to be home early. And now I'm sitting there, and I'm really getting frustrated and upset with everybody that is driving slow. Similar to George's story that he, that he said, that he preached on two weeks ago. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking like, yo, why did I go? Could we not have made some different plan? And then self-pity starts to set in. And that's not of the Lord. <laughs> that is the flesh that's wanting to sort of satisfy itself. And it will never be satisfied when you are in that place. And I had to change the way that I was thinking. I had to change my mindset. And I just started to worship and even the battery of, of the cell phone became lower and I thought, no, I won't be able to let my wife know and all of, all of that. You know what? It was really challenging because I saw what is still in my heart. There's still some pride. There's still some, some of self left in that place in my heart. And I had to go to God and I asked, asked him to forgive me. And you know what? <laughs> On Sunday afternoon when we, when we packed up, I saw that nobody used the tent pegs at all. But you know what? That, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Amen? <laughs> so many times we, we are so focused just on ourselves that we actually lose the plot. And while I was preparing yesterday, Talita said something very clever. Um, so this thing that, that is in your pocket, um, Kasi preached about this the other time, uh, three Sundays ago. And in Afrikaans, this is a cell phone, but you should actually take, and a cell phone, you should actually take the double O-N or the O-N-E away from it. Because this thing is many times the thing that causes the biggest trouble. It actually causes us not to focus on the things that we need to focus on. 
I, I once heard the story of somebody that, that was so addicted to, to the cell phone that when the couple was driving from one place to another, the husband was so upset with the wife that was continuously on Facebook that there was a big accident in the road and they, their car literally had to come to a standstill. And then they continued to drive very, very slow. And about five kilometers after, after the, the accident, the husband asked the wife, did you see what happened? She said, what happened? So she was so into the cell phone that she didn't even see what was going on. And this is something that, that the Lord, is, I believe, is speaking to each one of us. It's, it's something that we actually, in this December time, we need to put in boundaries for this. Because before you know, you will be on this phone the whole time. And you will not be spending time with the people that is closest to you, that's sitting across, across from, from you. Many times when you go to restaurants, then you see couples go out for a, for a date night or something. And what do you see? People like busy WhatsApping. Please don't let me see you when, when I catch you at that restaurant itself. <laughs> but it's actually the time now that we can spend time with each other, that we can spend time with our families, that we can spend with those people that we haven't seen for a long time. And Wimkasi's message the other Sunday morning really convicted me about what that first thing is that I do. And I try my level best now not to look at this thing the first thing in the morning, but rather to open this word of God the first thing in the morning. Because this is where life is. Life is in this book. Nowhere else will you find it. Life is in here. So maybe there's some temptation that, that you are struggling with. Maybe there's some sort of thing that you are wanting to control. I heard a beautiful testimony yesterday. And I really take my hat off to the young people that are getting married. Um, there's some of them that has such an amazing testimony of having no finances at all for their wedding. Like in zero, there's, there's no finances coming from the parents or there's just a situation where, where there's a lack of finances. And there's one specific couple um, who we saw yesterday told us the story that they really felt that they, the Lord led them to put their banking detail on their, on their wedding invite. And the wife was like, yo, we can't do this. But then the Lord said, no, you should do it. And then the next moment she put it on, they sent all the invites out. A day later, she gets this WhatsApp. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> a thousand rand paid into the account. And they're like, wow, thank you, Lord. We've got a thousand rand for, for a wedding. We've got a thousand rand. And she's excited. She's, she shares with, with her husband. And her husband looks at her. He says, you know, We'll pray about this. And she went to pray and she felt that the Lord said that she needs to give that as a first fruit. And she gets to her husband and her husband asks her, well, did you pray? And she said, yes, but we are keeping this money. This is our money. We can't give this money away. This is our first thousand rand for our wedding and we don't have anything. We've got nothing. So this thousand rand, we're going to keep it. 
And um, slowly the week the Lord was speaking to her, but this is something that you are trying to control that you need to surrender. And then she had this whole plan of how she's actually going to surrender this and she's going to put it in the offering basket and the husband must come and pray and release like favor and faith over this thousand rand that goes in. And then they came to church the, the one Sunday and he didn't even listen to what she was wanting him to pray. He just says, bless the money, <laughs> bless the kingdom. And she was like upset, but they, they were obedient and they put in the, the 1,000 rand into the offering basket. Isn't that amazing faith? Just to trust the Lord. You see, he is so faithful. You know, a couple of days later, a larger sum, well, 10 times the amount was paid into, into their account. But many times, because we are not obedient, we are actually losing a blessing from God. Because we are not standing in faith or trusting Him to provide. Whatever that thing is that is in your life that you are struggling with, maybe it's a, a prideful thing, an area in your life where you believe that you have the answer or you know better. See, when God gives us a revelation, it's not to put us in a place of being self-righteous or prideful. It's actually to point people to Jesus. To point people only to Jesus. Whatever that thing is that the Lord is speaking to each one of us this morning, maybe it's a secret sin. Maybe even it is a past shameful thing that you have done. Maybe you had a relationship with someone else whilst you were married. I don't know what that situation is. I know somebody that, that has been in a shameful situation for many years. And you see, what shame does is it keeps you there. That regret, it will never bring freedom. Never ever. It's only when we confess our sins, only when, you, when we bring it to God and we ask Him to take that filth and that stuff off us, that we truly become clean. That we are truly clean when He comes and He washes us. Acts 2 verse 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Acts 26 verse 20. But declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God and do works Befitting repentance. Repent and let every one of you be baptized. Wasn't that special last week when those young children got baptized? Now in our family, I've been praying for, for my parents to be baptized for, since I came to salvation in 2003, I've been praying that my parents take that bold step 
of, of the believer's baptism. And, I mean, I've been praying and I've been speaking to them, sharing the truth, all like the encounters my mother has even done up until Bible school three at, at Shofar. But somehow they were just stuck in their religious ways and the way that they were brought up. See, many times we are, we've got a relationship with God on a traditional level where we relate to him in a prescribed manner. But I almost gave hope up for them to be baptized. And a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago, they attended a sermon by someone that shared on, on believers' baptism. And now they are so excited to be baptized. It's like two different people. It's so amazing. And we are planning for this holiday to have like a big celebration with all the family, everybody that, you know, that, that when they come together that we're going to baptize my parents. Isn't God amazing? Amen. But many times we, we give up in our own prayers. But God is faithful. God is faithful to redeem. It's his goodness and his kindness that leads us to repentance. What are the fruit of true repentance? See, it's when we allow God, when we turn to him. If I had to tell each one of you, don't think of a pink elephant. <laughs> Who didn't think of a pink elephant? <laughs> Each one of us probably thought of a pink elephant. And you see, many times, that is exactly what we struggle with when we are in a situation where God reveals something to us and we don't repent. Now, when it's remorse or regret, as I said earlier, we try ourselves. And through counseling, some, you know, recently I, I was counseling somebody with somebody else, somebody that does deliverance every day. Um, he's got a deliverance ministry. And one of the things that he taught me whilst we were praying for, for this person was exactly what I'm saying now. When we say to a drug addict, stop thinking about the drugs, guess what? They cannot stop thinking about the drugs. If you tell somebody to stop thinking about the porn that they are addicted to, guess what? They're going to continue to think about that thing. Whatever that struggle is, and this is such a key this morning, whatever that thing is that we are struggling with, let's surrender it this morning and ask God's view. You see, when we meditate on him and the truth that he shares, then that breaks that bondage. It brings repentance. It brings a freedom. It brings salvation. So instead of focusing on that sinful thing that you are busy with or that you are struggling with, focus on God. Focus on what the truth is that he has for you. Confession time. <laughs> so, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about 
and he has been speaking to me about this at, at various times, is, now it's really public, <laughs> is coffee. Now, please don't take my conviction upon yourselves. <laughs> Only take what the Lord says. Now, every morning, the first thing that Eugene would do, apart from picking up his cell phone, which fortunately, by the grace of God, is really the grace of God, I don't pick that up anymore. I go to the coffee machine and I press that thing on because I need to wake up. <laughs> Isn't that so? We need to get that first cup of coffee. Yes, it is quiet in here this morning. And <laughs> I didn't have coffee this morning. <laughs> Just to... So he started to speak to me about the areas in my life where I'm not allowing him in where I'm trying to do the struggle by myself, where I try to do it myself. And my, my mindset was, okay, I get the coffee, I'm going to drink a cup of coffee, and I'm going to spend time with the Lord. And I, I, in, in many respects, I celebrated that, that cup of coffee. And that was the thing that got me awake. You know what? That should never be the case. We should find our full joy in the Lord, only in Him. Amen? You see, when we realize that, and when we repent and turn from that, do you know what? He gives us grace. He gives us something so much better, which is Him. So we're going through the process now of seeing and asking the Lord, when can I have coffee? When can I eat? When can I do this? To really live in that, in that place of asking Jesus through his Holy Spirit to teach us. Whatever that thing is that you are struggling with, please don't take the coffee thing. If the, if the shoe fits, kick it off. Okay? <laughs> so, what is that thing that we are struggling with? But let's look at the fruit of true repentance. See, when... When we repent and truly repent, there's a softness that settles in. There's an ability to forgive. Because you are no longer worried about yourself. You can actually forgive. If somebody hurt you, I mean, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't stand there and say, I'm not going to forgive them because they crucified me incorrectly and I was absolutely blameless. And no, he forgave them 100%. There was nothing left. He was fully in God, fully surrendered. And you see, when we repent, our minds start to change and we become more Christ-like. tell you another story so the other day I was I was driving some my kids and some other kids to school one morning and so I was speaking to the children and I was telling them and the conversation was started something about the lady that's coming to clean the house is late so it's like frustration and this and that and so I asked one question. I said, do you guys know who the biggest 
servant is that ever lived. Who the greatest maid ever was that lived. And they said, no, they don't know. We know who that is. It's Jesus. Jesus is the greatest servant that ever lived. And he didn't do it for himself. He wasn't living for himself. He was living for God. So when we were flipping those patties and really sweating behind that fire last weekend, preparing the, three and the 600 burger patties and all of that, I had to remind myself of that. We have to remind ourselves constantly about who he is. Because when we truly repent, there's a selflessness that comes. There's a Christ-likeness. There's a true righteousness. Not the self-righteousness, but the true righteousness. There's a teachability that sets in. There's an urgency to share the gospel. There's a humility to see others the way God sees them. There's a boldness to preach. There's a holiness, a pursuit of holiness. There's a, like, almost like an automatic accountability for us to come clear of those things. So we're almost finished. Let's read John 14, 15 and 18. Skit net die persoon langs jou en sê, jy het een mooi smile. Harde woorde. Jesus is so lief vir ons. And he really wants us to be free. He wants us to be free in our minds. I love what Rick Rosso said. He said the longest journey that he ever took was not on a plane from one part of the world to the other, but it was the journey from, from his heart to his mind. And many times that is so true. That journey from year to year sometimes can take a lot of time. But there's good news. Jesus promised another helper, John 14, 15, and 18. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. The second law story. This part of, he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. We went to, on an outreach to Bhutan I think it's now three years ago was the first time that we, that we went to Bhutan. And there we met a lady that on a deathbed, she met Jesus. She heard about Jesus. There was some of a, of a family that, that lived in India that shared about Jesus. But she never believed that Jesus was the Son of God. And while she was lying there on a deathbed, she was like 16 or 17 years old, always sick, in and out of hospitals, and there was literally nothing that she could do that the doctors could do. So they were literally just waiting for her to pass on. And that evening, 
she asked God, God, if you are real, Jesus, if you really are the Son of God, or if you really are the Savior, save me. And that evening, she came to salvation. And she was healed literally overnight, the, like three days later, she was um, discharged out of hospital. And because of that, she started to pursue Jesus on a level that no other has pursued in Bhutan, Jesus. She started to preach the gospel. She walked the mountains. She went everywhere to share the gospel. But the really interesting thing was she couldn't understand English and there was no translation in her local, in, in their local language. There was nothing available. But the awesome thing was that the Holy Spirit taught her everything. Years later, when she got the Bible, she said, but yo, this is amazing. This is all the things that the Holy Spirit taught me. And you see, that invite is there for each one of us to live a relationship with Jesus that's so close, that is so close to us, that when those things are revealed, those areas where we've got the wrong mindset and our heart is convicted, that we run from that thing and we run to Jesus. Sure, prophetically, Jesus is standing here. Um, <laughs> just a side note, this, this Jesus is actually the Jesus from Hermonesias. Um, because we used Hermonis' signage for summer camp. And when we came to do set up, they actually put the wrong um, Jesus here. But it's fortunately the same Jesus, Lenny. Amen. <laughs> so, this morning, let's stand this morning. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.